Hey, it's Chris here, and I've got a quick favor to ask you. If you've not reviewed Youpreneur FM on iTunes yet, can I point you in the right direction to do so? You see, reviews and ratings on iTunes are among the most important metrics for a podcast to rank well, something obviously that every podcaster is striving for, myself included. And as you can probably appreciate, it takes a lot of work to produce this show each week, and it would mean the world to me personally, if you were to just take the one minute needed to leave a quick review, which you can do so by simply visiting chrisducker.com forward slash iTunes. Thank you so much for doing so. And on with this week's episode. This is Youpreneur FM, the official podcast of the Youpreneur Mastermind Community. A place where no entrepreneur gets left behind in their pursuit of building a business they can be proud of. And now, and now, now. here's your host, serial entrepreneur and best-selling author, Chris Ducker. Chris Ducker. Well, hello there and welcome to episode number 303 of Youpreneur FM. Thank you very much for tuning in with me today. Oh, I've got a great show lined up for you this week. A really, really good one. My good buddy, Yarrow Starrick, is in the house talking about how we can validate our business ideas as a personal brand. Like, when should you actually launch something? When should you not? Maybe you should shelve it. Maybe you should completely delete it from your bandwidth, right? The fact is that validating our business ideas is more important than ever in this very, very noisy, crowded world that we're doing business in. And I sit down with Yara to talk about a new business model that he's launched based entirely on validating it from the ground up with his current community uh, members and email subscribers. It's a great conversation. Before I do that, however, quick reminder, tickets to the Upana Summit are still on sale. They are disappearing very, very, very quickly. But if you haven't got yours already, I want to see you in London. Head over to youpanasummit.com. Make sure you go and check it out. We'd love to see you, genuinely. We're going to have a fantastic weekend together. That's youpanasummit.com. Okay, so on to my conversation with Yarrow. Been buddies for a long time now. We kind of joke at the beginning of this call where we talk how we actually end up catching up better virtually when we're on the other side of the world with each other for these podcast interviews instead of when we're actually in the same room or attending the same conference or whatever. Bit of fun and games at the beginning. But the fact is that he's one of the guys that I really looked to, actually, when I started my online journey as an entrepreneur uh, back in 2010. I really looked at Yarrow because he was already leading the way and had been for quite some time. And what I love about him is that he is consistently pivoting into new avenues, new niches and industries, and he does it with class and with a lot of real strategy behind it. So this is one of those conversations, I think, where you're going to get lots of takeaways, lots of notes taken. And uh, so if you're driving, you're going to have to probably pull over a couple of times here in the next 30 minutes (laughs) to make those notes. Don't try and do it when you're driving, please. I couldn't have any crashes on my conscience. You're awesome. So is Yarrow. And here we go. So Yarrow, welcome back to Youpreneur FM. It's great to have you back. Happy to be here, Chris. Love coming on your show. Yeah, it's always a great time. We've seen each other. I feel like we've seen each other more in the last two years 
than we have done the last like eight years. <laughs> We've known each other. I think so. Kind of well, crazy. We, did, we joked that uh, I get to speak to you really on the podcast more than at the events, though, because you're always you know very popular at these conferences. Oh, I look, and I don't, I don't take it for granted, and I, I obviously love all the attention. Um, but with that being said, very seriously, there are times when. You know, whether it's the Upana Summit or whether I'm speaking at other people's events, there are times where I would like genuinely to have more in-depth conversations. And I remember in San Diego earlier on this year, we were at the same dinner party, um, I'll bet on different tables, but you were right there the whole night. And it wasn't until the end of the night where we had like 10 minutes. You know what I mean? It's just, ah, there are times where... You know, these events can sometimes be a little stressful, but ultimately, as you and I both know, there's a reason why we continue to go to them and run them. And that's because they move the needle in your business more so than anything else, as far as I'm concerned. Exactly. And we can catch up with each other on podcasts. So <laughs> we can do you know, that. At the end of the day, it's yeah, fine. <laughs> it's very meta. We can talk, we can catch up on podcasts about how we didn't catch up with each other when we <laughs> were face to face. It's yeah. getting very meta, Chris. <laughs> So, look, I, I wanted to have you come back on the show. You started a new business recently uh, called Inbox Done. Uh, for you guys tuning in, you can check it out, inboxdone.com. Um, and ultimately, it's a service that provides professionals to manage entrepreneurs' emails or anyone's emails, really. Um, but before we get into that, I, I wanted—I mean, I wanted to have you back on the show to talk about that journey of starting a new business. I mean, you've been very successful online uh, in a number of different ways over the years. And really kind of like, for me, I've seen you sort of pivot a couple of times. And it's always been a pleasure to see you use your personal brand and the following that you have created as Yarrow to be able to move your own needles in these different business ventures as you've grown them over time. How did your personal brand and, and that background and that following that you've got help you with the launch of this new business, Inbox Done? Mm. Yeah, you know, talk about lowest hanging fruit opportunities, Chris. <laughs> I don't think I would choose any business to start nowadays unless well two scenarios one it taps into my personal brand which makes it so much easier you have an existing audience they know and trust you and like mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. and one of the amazing things about that is you can almost go into any market like i considered uh, for those who know me well they know i'm a bit of a chocolate fan i considered starting like a chocolate subscription of the month company uh, about a year or so ago and i actually floated the idea to my audience and a bunch of people said yes and and i'm like i can sell a chocolate business to my audience even though I'm in a completely different niche, you know, that's what they know that. me for is something else, right? I, love I didn't actually that. go down that business path, just to clarify. The other type of business I like to do is like a partnership. And that's when I might go into a market that's, you know, I'm not necessarily in, but it's my partner kind of on the ground doing the work. But in the case of the inbox done, my current business that I really love, it was it is entirely based off the connections and the trust I've built. In fact, it's it's actually been kind of funny because almost every customer we've had so far of our, our client base has come from a person who's essentially read my blog or listened to my podcast for many, many years and just known me, or they've heard me speak at an event or met me through a friend of a friend at an event. 
And they've heard me out of the phrase, you know, I, I haven't handled my own email for 12 years or something like that. Mm. Uh, but it's, it is entirely because a long time ago, and this is how you and I, I guess, kind of met too, in a virtual sense, I started blogging, you know, in 2004, 2005. And even then, you know, when I started the blog, it, it wasn't, I got, of course, it was very early days. I didn't see myself building, you know, a youpreneur type business back then, even though I was. Uh, but I was starting to write about almost anything, whatever I was doing as an entrepreneur. I had a, you know, I, you know me, I had an editing company back then. So it is surprising how flexible uh, a brand, a personal brand can be for writing a book or starting a new business or, you know, partnering with other people to start businesses, which is what Inbox Done is. It's a partnership with one of my current uh, Inbox managers. So, yeah, it's uh, a big advantage. Well, and I mean, when you say something like that, I haven't managed my own email for 12 years. That's a pretty ballsy statement for a business owner to make. Um, and I mean, you know, in my in my my background, my history in the outsourcing business with VAs and and even more corporate outsourcing, email seems to be the very final thing that most people let go of, yet it's the one thing that starves them of time more than anything else that they do on a daily basis. Why do you think, let's get down to brass tacks here, why do you think we struggle with letting go of our inboxes more than any other task? Oh, I think there's an easy answer to that. And and anyone who's grown a personal brand will, will know the traditional growth curve, right? You start... No one knows you, whether you're blogging or podcasting or YouTubing or social mediaing. And suddenly you get a little bit of traction, right? And then you're getting attention. Then you're getting requests to jump on a podcast and be interviewed or, you know, quote for an article or speak on stage at an event or do a partnership. And that's great. It's exciting. But then suddenly you're getting two of those a day and then five of those a day. And then I think you off air commented on how many podcast requests you get. Mm. And it turns into a situation where you're a victim of your own success, essentially. But for some reason, as you mentioned, um, we totally get the idea of, for example, outsourcing tech straight away. Right? I think it's the first thing most people think. I can't build a website. Let's go hire someone to do that. Yes. But because we feel quite capable of writing emails, I think most people on the planet do feel capable of doing that. And then we get used to it. And then we don't want to let it go because we feel it's personal, very personal. And I actually had one of our uh, brand new clients say to me just recently, he says the hardest part of letting go is the addiction he has to checking his email. <laughs> and that's I was thinking about that. I remember back before I had someone else do my email a long time ago now, I was addicted because I'd get sale notification or potential new customer, you know, querying us. And that's addictive. There's a little rush you get from that. So even letting that go and letting someone else handle that. Uh, and, you know, not powering up the phone and checking if anything new is there. That's pretty hard to do. But really, the main reason is trust. I think that's what stops us. We, we just don't believe someone else can take over our email or do as good a job, if not better, than what you know we do with email. I would agree 100%. I, I think ultimately um, it's, it's relinquishing that control, like you say, of, and not really knowing whether they're going to do a decent job for you. And because I think also email is, it's very personal. Like, you know, every time you send an email to someone, make no mistake, whether they sign up for your list, 
whether they're a friend, whether you know it's it's sales material or not, you are invading their day. Like that's the way I look at it. So you know you've got to treat that with with respect, right? And I think a lot of people get concerned about the idea of somebody sending emails on their behalf because they might do something or say something in those emails um, that might upset the person at the other mm. end. And I mean, the other thing is, you know, I always say that if you can't reply to an email in, le- in three sentences or less, then it shouldn't be an email, like it should be a conversation, like have a like pick up this thing, this great invention called a phone, like use that for longer conversations. You shouldn't have to be doing that via email. And I mean, some people might beg to differ on that. That's my own philosophy. But I would as an introvert, Chris, I don't want to get on the phone. What are you talking about? It's the last <laughs> thing I want to do. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, I, you're, you can be pretty extroverted when you want to be. I, I, I think can, that, I can have a uh, conversation. But if I had to call for every long email I got, I'd <laughs> spend all day on the phone and that would be horrible. <laughs> well, I, I think it also, though, on a very serious note, I, I think that it also depends on how much email you get. I mean, I kind mm. of put that rule into effect maybe five years or so ago now. Um, and anybody that's ever emailed me and got a reply, whether it's be for me or one of my team members, you'll see at the bottom of my signature, it says this email is three sentences or less. Mm. Click here to find out why. Um, and so, you know, it's my it's my my three rule. It's just, it is what it is. It, it allowed me initially when I wasn't, uh, delegating my inbox to somebody else. It allowed me initially to just reply quicker. And I mm. needed that, 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 um, I guess permission, I think to just be short and sweet with my replies. And it certainly helped me manage my email on my own for a while before it got to the point where it was just, it got too much and, and yeah. it just bogged me down too much. So, let, so let me ask you this, Sim. When when you were in the process, and I know you're very systematic in the way that you break the thing, these things down. When you were in the process of putting together the the service offer for Inbox Done, how do you start to validate the features, the benefits, and the idea for the business itself based on obviously your own community? What were you doing to make sure that this thing wasn't going to be a flop when you launched mm. it? Yeah, that's that's a great story. So as you teach and, and, and I practice, building your own following gives you an avenue to have a conversation with an audience at any time, really, once you've got the audience and they're paying attention to you. So I have an email list, as most you know successful online entrepreneurs do. You hopefully build an email list. Plus, I have uh, podcast listeners and, and blog readers, not to mention some social media people. But the email list being, you know, the main avenue. So when this idea came to me, which frankly, I've had it on the cards for years. But once I said, let's actually do this. And it primarily happened because I had someone on my team who I thought, first of all, does a great job handling my email. And I second of all, thought she'd actually be a great co-founder with me to potentially launch this service. And the, the idea and, you know, I'm a school of startup psychology, too. So I'm a big fan of, you know, minimal viable products and starting lean and doing mm-hmm. a test. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking in my mind, how can we do this without doing anything? No website, no hiring new people. So I essentially approached my current email person. I, I had three at the time. She was one of them and said, listen, uh, do you have capacity to maybe take on another client uh, doing what you do for me, for them? And I want to test this business idea with you potentially being my co-founder if it works. So we, she agreed and we said, let's, let's run a test and to run a test. It was literally 
this simple. Uh, I wrote an article because I, I, well, actually I did a podcast first, not as part of this about how I haven't done my email because it was just something I wanted to talk about for my podcast. Then I wrote an article specifically because I wanted to introduce a test run of the service. So I just sat down, wrote a normal blog post, talked about how I haven't handled my own email in 12 years, but it was more of a teaching post. Like what does an email manager do for me? How does they, how do they handle my email and how do I work with that? And then at the end of that, call to action, do you want my team to essentially take over your inbox? We've got space for you know one or two people for a test run. Sent that blog post to my email database as well. And we had we actually had about eight people from my audience stick up their hand, fill out a form, a short survey type form saying they're interested. And two of them uh, popped up as seriously interested. And we signed up and did a beta test. And that was late 2017. And I did very little of that. My uh, co-founder stepped in, took over uh, their inboxes. Obviously, we had to figure out a pricing model. You know, can we do this at a profit? Uh, can we pay someone as a contractor but also run a business? Is the customer happy? What do they want us to do? You know, what type of customers are we getting? You know, learn about the customer avatar. So that was a great experience just having those two test clients and more than anything seeing them be so happy with the outcome right and seeing that we have a profit margin that we can continue to do this and hire new people and build something around this so it was a great test run and then that validated it start of 2018 we said let's actually launch this now that's when we built a website fairly basic one and uh, you know start to roll it out to more people and, and slowly organically grow it but that validation process, if, if, if it didn't work, then I doubt I'd be talking to you about it. But it did. And mm. it was probably the smoothest validation I've had of a, of a business so far, thanks to my existing audience, really. Yeah, I mean, and that's so good to hear that. I mean, I, I'm always harping on about, you know, the importance of validating ideas, particularly before, obviously, you spend a lot of time or even money putting something together. I mean, I if I look back on my career as an entrepreneur, every time something has not flown the way you know i'm using my buddy pat flynn's will it fly here great book everybody you should check it out um but if every time every time i look back if every time that something has not gone or not flown or not taken off the way that i expected it to i can almost always almost always i can track it back to me not validating my idea properly almost always it's scary you know what I love about it? It gives you a demonstration of how much traction potential is there. Just like how easy was it to get those validation people? You know, how excited were they about it versus, you know, do you get crickets after you send the email or write the blog post? You know, and, right. and even just how many people click the link in the email you send uh, about this. It's little indicators of how much potential traction is there. And to me, that's very important because I've, I've, like you said, I've had a few business ideas where I, I roll with them and it's been more like pushing something up a mountain as opposed to pushing it down a mountain and it sort of carries itself. And there's a big difference. Yeah, totally agree. Love it. Okay. So, all right. So you tested it out. It worked well. You proved that you weren't mad <laughs> and, and that you, you, you know, this was a genuine business concept that you thought people were going to love and they did. What did you do next? So after we launched the website, uh, obviously, I'm, I'm a school of traditional sort of persuasion marketing. And I thought, especially with this business, 
if trust is the main factor, which really is for all businesses, but in particular for this business, you're going into a person's inbox. Yeah. So, you know, they have to really trust you. And I knew there were, there was going to be two factors, a, the relationship with me and just me saying it's my team looking after your email has proven to be a really powerful sort of statement, but B just traditional marketing, having a case study, for example. So, having done the two validation customers gave me uh, people I could then go back and interview. In fact, if you go to the inboxdone.com website, you'll see a little case study I did interviewing Kathy, one of those test clients. And, you know, it's just great to see her do this face explaining the before and after, you know, I used to spend three hours in the morning doing my email and now I don't, you know, now I actually build products and, and make money instead of just, you know, drown under my email. And that's the sort of thing I needed to have in order to sell the service as well. So collected that information, built the website. And then this is the thing that sort of surprised me a little bit. I, I expected to maybe find more customers in my current audience space, but what's happened is we're actually going after a slightly different market. We're, we're looking for more established people. You know, if you're getting a lot of email, you're already successful at something. You could be uh, you know, YouTube or podcaster personality, maybe an information marketer, or even just someone good at your job. You know, you might be uh, a venture capitalist. Uh, you know, you just happen to get a lot of queries coming at you for networking events and meetings and things like that. So, uh, and the that is not exactly my audience. I have a lot of beginners on my audience, so they're not quite there yet. So what's actually been interesting is seeing that a lot of, and it's funny to say this, but it makes complete sense. A lot of my friends online have become customers. So um, people who are- That's I've, okay, as long as you don't upset them. <laughs> that's a good point, yeah. We have the extra layer of uh, um, need to be really good with customer service. Right. But, um, it's like dating your staff or something. Right, so, right. right. <laughs> which, yeah. Um, you did that, didn't you? <laughs> so, I, I actually, no, 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 I did not. I dated no? my co-worker. She did not work for me. She was a co-worker but i did end up marrying her and we're still very very happy so there you go so happy customers still good good <laughs> um but yeah so you know it's been like people who have followed my blog or my podcast for potentially years some of these people i've known for like like yourself chris more than a decade and they've been doing their own email for more than a decade yeah the minute i pop up on facebook and say listen, we've got a new service. We take up to two to three new clients a month. We can, basically my team can take over your email. And they just come out of the woodwork and saying, that sounds really good. And it's just a discovery phone call to go over, you know, what, what they need and what their business is about. Then we start an onboarding process and away you go. So in fact, one of my very first ever entrepreneurial friends from back in Australia has just signed up. I've known the guy for like 15 years. So it's kind of our like full circle now that I've got a company that's providing a service. He runs four companies in Australia. Um, yeah. And then just connections, you know, Facebook, friends of friends. And it, it's very much early days. I, I can imagine there's a lot of avenues to reach people. But yeah, being I was a tailored say, service. Like, that, that, that's, I mean, it's great that you're being able to convert business from the relationships you've already got in place, but clearly that's not scalable. And I'm assuming you want this to be as scalable as possible, right? I have lots of friends, right? Chris. What do you mean? <laughs> but you know what I mean. You know exactly <laughs> what I mean. It's like you're, you're not you're not only going to sign up people that you know. I mean, there's going no. to be people that discover the company and the service and want to sign up, and they've never heard of Yarrow before, you know? Well, actually, this is another point of validation 
literally the weekend after the website was released, my co-founder emails me and says, we've just got a new application who's it's a person who's become a customer and they have no idea who you are. They literally did a Google search, came across your blog post about not handling your email. That brought them across to the inboxdone.com website, booked a discovery call, and they've signed on for the service. So okay. again, that sort of showed me, yeah, it's not just my friends. This is in demand. But really, I have to say, we've been sort of very scaled back on marketing because it's so tailored. We can't suddenly have 100 people apply no. No. and deliver a service. It's very one-on-one. -on -one. We have to learn about your, your inbox, your mail, how you want us to handle it. You know, that's a 30 day to 60 day process. And mm -hmm. we need to make sure we can deliver on that uh, and not overwhelm our staff and uh, deliver good service. So, yeah, it's, a, it's an organic growth process, which I'm totally fine with. Totally. OK, good. I mean, but this is, you know, this I mean, how many business have you started in your career? I mean, like, look back, whether they're still alive and breathing or not at this point. How, how I mean, you've been a career, you've been an entrepreneur like forever yeah <laughs> like, 18, like, 18 was name. you were Never 18 job, so. you were 18 when you started good gosh okay i i didn't know it was that far back so well, my, my magic the gathering website you know about that one oh, that, of course yes i do i do yes okay so has this gotten easier for you i mean from an from a a, a startup perspective coming up with ideas, getting them out there, getting them validated, et cetera, et cetera. Has it got easier or do you still stumble? Do you still trip up from time to time? Well, yeah, I mean, yes and no. You know, it's, it's gotten easier. It's still work. I think, for example, I, and I, I totally agree with the premise of the Upreneur podcast here. It's gotten easier primarily because I have access to resources. I have access to capital. Sure. I have access to connections, trust, relationships built up. You know, that thing takes time. You're not born with that. I can't. 18 years ago, I didn't have that. Right. So, you know, I had to build my own audience and source my product and, you know, go through all that basic learning and build a website and so on. Um, so that part's easier. The knowledge you bring in the connections and relationships certainly makes it much easier. I think, though, like the validation point is so important because I started another startup uh, probably around the first time, maybe just before you and I met in face to face <laughs> real life back in, I think, 2013, maybe. Yep. I just shut down a, a startup. I had a, a what I considered a proper tech startup. It was an advertising management platform for bloggers. And I had a tech co-founder. Remind me of the name again? Uh, cranky Ads. That's it, Cranky Ads. I knew it was kind of kooky sounding. Kooky. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it, to, it, it rolls off the top of your tongue. Yeah, I mean, it was, it, and it benefited a tremendous amount from, again, my existing platform. You know, we had a thousand users within a month because I just, um, you know, mailed my list and, and made some blog posts. So mm. that was great to I guess, prove that, that there's an audience that wants this, but where I kind of got lost was the development time and costs. Mm. You know, that's why I guess this new business being more human based, not software based, which is something that's easier to get up and running because you don't have to roll out some software. Right. So, um, and that, that's what that business really where I felt it, it suffered was the fact that you have a vision for what you want to do and you can do maybe five to 10% of it with, you know, you're, unless you go and get a lot of venture funding and go all in, and even then, very likely you're, you're not going to make it. And uh, 
I had no desire to go down the 14 hour days, young kid tech startup, you know, Silicon Valley style thing. Maybe when I was 20, I would have done that. But, uh, you know, I, I actually that experience showed me how much I love a lifestyle entrepreneur business model versus the tech startup kind of business model. I think mm -hmm. they both have, you know, their their good sides at tech startups, MVPs, validation. You know, those guys do an amazing job with that. But lifestyle entrepreneurs, youpreneurs, I think would fall in this category too. So much better at balance and having other things going on in your life and getting the most from a little. You know, the 80-20 rule, I think, is like the... The, the foundation credo for all lifestyle entrepreneurs out there certainly was for me when I first discovered it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been, there's been a lot of dead websites over the years too. I actually wrote a blog post about this. I had a, an MP3 website an activist website, a, a trading community called yaz.com.au, which is supposed to be this arm of my essay editing business. And, you know, all this has been just bouncing from, one project almost extending from the next and mm -hmm. using similar business models, tapping into the same audience. So I think, I think it's a lot of fun though. Like, uh, that's what I love about personal brand marketing and content marketing. You can, for example, I just did a, a property purchase in Ukraine where my father's from and did a huge renovation. And I've just posted a blog post on my blog with lots of photos. And, you know, you think of that about that, it's completely off topic, right? It doesn't, right have anything to do with me as a, a blog coach, which I'm most known for, doesn't have anything to do with Inbox Done as my, my new uh, startup, but it's part of the Yarrow personal brand. So it keeps the dynamic, keeps the connection with the community, shows that I'm doing something interesting, you know, has something to talk about. And I think that ultimately brings you customers in a kind of roundabout way as well. So it's, it's, a, it's fantastic. Everyone should be, I think, blogging or podcasting or something like that. I, I totally agree, and I mean, I mean, obviously, I agree. I wrote a bloody book about it, but I mean, it's, <laughs> <laughs> but 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 it's you know, I talk about in the book how you know making that youpreneur mindset shift is the last pivot ultimately you'll need to make from a mindset perspective as an entrepreneur, because as our changing and evolving interests come and go over the years, if we have a solid personal brand base like you have for so many years, people will follow along. And it's about the bloody journey. It's not a, always about the product and the service and the money making and all that stuff. It's sometimes just as simple as following the journey. And when I look and I've just pulled up as we're talk as we're talking, I've just pulled up your blog and I'm looking at your before and after photos of your Ukrainian <laughs> apartment renovation project. It? And oh <laughs> my God, were zombies living in this house? <laughs> That's what I wrote. Did you see that? I wrote that. <laughs> I did not. No, I didn't see no, that. I, I, did. I, wrote, through... I think there were zombies living there. You just you had the same thought as me. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, well, great minds clearly think alike. I mean this, <laughs> but but when I see the before and the after. As a Yarrow fan myself, this is fun. Like, I like this. This, this is fun to see this. And I want, I want to go on that journey with you, even though it has nothing to do with managing my email or, or anything like <laughs> yeah. that. You know, and I want to make that yeah. really clear because I think sometimes in our pursuits of profits and fame and fortune and all that other fun cliched stuff, we can sometimes lose, um, you know, we can sometimes lose track of what's really important and relationships clearly are, are, are 
playing a very, very big part in what you're doing with Inbox Done and, and what you've always done. Um, I'll tip my hat to you, mate. I really do, because it's important. That you, you do it right. You do it right. And more and more people need to do that. Oh, it's nice of you to say, it, Chris. I appreciate that. It's, uh, I mean, I, I will say to the listener, I, I, we're not talking about making money much here. I will say a lot of this is more fun and easier when you know you have that working business or you've had one in the past mm. and something like that has gone right and you have to get that first win out the door. But I really do think, like you're clearly stating here, the journey doesn't have to always be linear to marketing directly the product or service you sell. It is a lot about sharing the, the behind the scenes stuff, the personal stuff. And that's actually a sales technique because it, it builds trust. I don't want to call it a sales technique because it sounds almost like you're trying to trick people, but it does persuade people to trust you and like you and want to be involved in your world, whatever it may be. You know, in my case right now, all the trust I've built up in the past, whether it was talking about an essay editing company or a Magic the Gathering card game business in the early days or property investing in Ukraine, all of that helps me to build trust to actually sell an email management service for those people who are ready for that. So it's, it's a lovely connection. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a great time to, to be alive where you can talk about renovating a property. You can be so self-indulgent, you know, and so <laughs> all about yourself. And that actually works to your advantage. I know, I know. It's funny. So, okay, to wrap up here then, with the people that you are currently working with and and managing their inboxes what have been the two or three things that they have come back to you with in regards to feedback that they have been able to either get more of or achieve more of because of the fact that they're not managing their own inboxes anymore what's been that kind of feedback that you've got i'm really curious to hear what they're doing with that all that extra time yeah yeah I think if you think back to your own first time when you handed over your inbox, Chris, I know you have someone looking after your email as well. Yep. And I think back to my own experience, the very first thing is actually more an emotional outcome where you have a lot less stress. There's like that. I remember that moment where I uh, came on 24 hours later after my inbox manager had taken over and I checked the inbox and there was nothing in there. And I actually had to stop and go, what do I do with the rest of my day? You know, it was like, because I, I, I built a business that was fairly automated. And that was the last thing, like we talk about, the last thing I automated was handing over my email. So I literally was then, wow, I better get some hobbies or <laughs> start a new business or something because I've got a lot of hours now. You can just um, sit back so, and drink good tea and enjoy chocolate biscuits. How about that for an idea? It's only so long you can do that. You know, people talk about sitting by the beach, but you get bored, right? I know, um, totally. No, but seriously, some of our clients, they've that is the first thing they talk about is that I don't have to wake up and spend the first two hours in my morning or yeah. the last three hours before I go to bed uh, doing my my email. And that's often actually time that gets spent with family, you know, it's like, oh, I can play with my kids or I can be with my loved one, visit, you know, uh, brother, sister, mother, father, friends, even, oh, social life, you know, so that can come back. But I think most so far, our customer base are very driven sort of people. So they're using the time to create new information products, you know, better, better marketing campaigns, you know, have you, have you been waiting to do that webinar campaign or build that automated funnel or start a Facebook campaign? or whatever it is, you know, something to actually grow your business. That's something that they work on where they wanted to work on it prior. Um, 
So those would be the big things. But yeah, it's been more the stress relief. But I think also, and this is what I'm looking forward to doing for a lot of our clients, the proactive email. A lot of what we do with email is reactive. You know, that that's phase one, I think, of getting someone to help is let's just react to what's coming at you. But I remember with my business, I felt like I was leaving so much money on the table because I didn't have a good sort of following up, a manual follow up process. You know, like, sure, I had automatic emails, but I didn't have like a person going and chasing up individual leads in a personalized way. And I felt mm-hmm. like I was kind of leaving money on the table. So with with my current business, with my current two email uh, support people, you know, they actually follow up every potential customer. We try and get them on a, a clarity call to sell one of my you know, blog coaching programs. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how that impacts some of our clients, because at the moment we're still building their sort of reactive system. And the next phase will be the proactive part where we can say, what do you want us to actually do in terms of more than what you are doing? Because chances are you just had no time to do individual follow up or really tailored um, refund request follow up. You know, imagine saving 50 percent of those refund requests you get simply because you actually have a process for handling that. Right. right. That someone else does for you. So it's that sort of thing that I think can make a, a difference that people don't even see. You know, they don't even think about it. or maybe they do think about it, but they just know they don't have the time to do it. So, you know, there's a lot of avenues to offer that kind of help. Love it. Oh, so good. We could keep going for ages and ages here, but I'll just look forward to the next time when we're at uh, an event together and don't talk with each other. For five minutes, yeah, we'll have a wave. Hey, how you doing? Good. (laughs) See you on the next podcast. I know, right? (laughs) Uh, Mate, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Genuinely, it it, it really genuinely is. Um, For you guys, I'm going to link... Obviously, to you know, to Yarrow's blog and inboxdone.com and all the rest of it over at the show notes. You can check them out right now, youpreneur.com forward slash 303. Um, and Yarrow, thank you, man. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing the journey, the story, and you know, how this has come about and how you're going to be able to help so many people in the process. It, you know, it's not for everyone, but you know, for those who are ready that can afford it, that want to alleviate this stresses, you know, in regards to the managing their email on a daily basis, this sounds to me like the perfect solution. So I tip my hat to you and I can't wait to see how you, how you grow it over the next six to 12 months or so. Well, thank you so much, Chris. And I appreciate the chance to share the story behind the business and also rave about being a, a, a youpreneur myself and how much it's helped me, I guess, launch this business too. So thank you for your time and thanks to all the listeners for staying with us and uh, good luck with your businesses. All right, good stuff. You guys tuning in, thank you for being with me. Again, show notes, youpreneur.com forward slash 303. I'll be back at you again next week where we have the brilliant Emma Mills from IPA on the show. It's going to be a great conversation. Until then, take good care, lots of love, and I'll be back here again soon. Bye for now. So I've got a quick question for you. What are you doing November 3rd through to the 5th later this year? Nothing? Good, because we'd love to host you at the annual Youpreneur Summit Conference taking place in London over that very weekend. You're going to get the chance to learn from the best expert speakers in the world, network with them up close, meet 
and get to know hundreds of other youpreneurs as well as devise a plan of attack to grow your business faster than ever before, all over the course of just one weekend. For more info and to secure your place, just visit youpreneursummit.com and tickets are limited. So don't hang around. Do it today. That's youpreneursummit.com. I'll see you there.